Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Margin. My grand turismo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, today we are reviewing Neil Blomkamp's Grand Turismo. And what better crew to review Grand Turismo than the video game movie boy himself matt Rohrbeck, and the v- guy who never plays video games but you did say you played gran turismo 2 for the three, PlayStation three. Two. three 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 for three oh, for three two with that blue cover everyone yep. had that for ps2 yep. um uh but you know i obviously video game movies near and dear to my heart i just shot an episode of cinema scene themes is the mm-hmm. name of the yep. show eric eric's spinoff show for rogers tv where we did talk about video game movies um, I love talking about video game movies, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Which one is this, though? <laughs> You'll have to stay tuned to find out. Uh, we're going to be going full spoilers on this review. It's now playing um, in cinemas. Uh, originally, was going to be released um, early August. Uh, they ended up punting it to the end of August, the 25th. But then there were a couple uh pre-screenings um in theaters that you could buy tickets to like sneak peeks kind of thing um obviously trying to capitalize on that there is no no one able to promote the movie due to the actor strike um and trying to rely on you know word of mouth through um some screenings this being a pretty classic crowd pleaser type sports movie um which usually does well with audiences so i guess they were trying to utilize that to kind of carry it into its release uh eric how are you doing today man i'm doing well you know we're talking about a movie where cars go real fast and uh neil blomkamp director of district nine tries to make a little bit of a comeback you know on on tough terrain here so it's it's interesting because this is one of those movies that for all intents and purposes is fine. It's yeah. well made. It sounds it's exactly great. what you would expect. <laughs> exactly. But there is this moral dilemma yeah. um, that you pointed out to me after watching the movie that does feel so disingenuous to the point where it actually brings down the film quite a bit. And I feel I a lot of people maybe aren't, having this conversation or don't know because it seems like it's just getting an automatic pass without really reflecting on the uh, timeline change of events because you know it's one thing to say the morality in that too yeah i just don't think it's okay but. it's one thing to say that you know this is inspired by true events or based on a true story and have that as just kind of like in the marketing or whatever what have you but when you i guess are, yeah the full title of the movie is gran turismo colon based, based on, a, on true a true story, story. and when you and guess put what? that in your title it's, it's not, not. <laughs> Um, so I, I'm with you, man. Like, I think we can just jump right into it. I think, I think at its core, it's a very okay, classic, inspirational sports movie with decent racing, racing sequences that kind of, you know, become samey near the end of it, but it's got that classic three act structure and redemption and, and, you know, everything you'd want in a sports movie. It's, it's totally fine when you just look at it from that. Then when you remove yourself a little bit and look at it as a video game movie, I think that's interesting in itself too, because 
know, history of video game movies haven't been great. Um, when someone goes, hey, we're making a Gran Turismo movie, you kind of go, what the hell is that going to be? Because <laughs> Gran Turismo, a racing simulator, it's not really a, it's a video game, but it it's a racing game, but it is very realistic in the way that you tune your car and the, how the cars feel. I always remember my history of Gran Turismo was like, it was very difficult because I was so used to like arcadey racing games, right? Where cars don't feel like real cars. They feel like Mario Kart, right? Like those are the racing games I was familiar with. So when you play Gran Turismo and you're trying to make these turns at high speed, but the cars are acting like they're actual cars, you just crash into shit or it's very difficult. You have to actually drive them like they were real cars. So you go, what the hell is that movie going to be? And then you go, oh, it's going to be based on this kid who, you know, became a... Uh, his name is Yan Mardenborough, right? Yep. Um, and he actually became a professional race car driver after playing Gran Turismo and like winning and Siri. I'm not. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> um, uh, and then he becomes a real race car driver from playing Gran Turismo. And you're like, oh, that's actually really cool. I, I didn't know much about this. I don't watch racing. My dad does. My dad's a big um, racing fan. So he might've known about this story a little bit. Like I know my dad watches Le Mans and he watches NASCAR and an F1 and all that kind of stuff, but you go, okay, that's an interesting concept for video game adaptation. If you want to call it that. And you're like, that's really kind of a, a cool idea. And then you see the movie and you're like, okay, it's a sports movie. That's fine. It's, you know, I kind of even at its basic level of being just a sports movie i kind of seen this movie a hundred times so like it's just by the end of it i was ready for it to end and then when you start to go oh that's okay you you read about this this guy and his history and then you find out oh, okay the events of the movie which many true stories do um didn't happen like they're portrayed in the movie and you're like okay that's fine you take some artistic liberties or you really have to make an engaging you know movie or or something but then when you find out that the crash in the movie, there's a pivotal sequence where he he launches his car, it, it flies into the crowd, and he kills a, a, a spectator. It, on a um, German racetrack. Yeah, during one of his races. And this is early in his career where he's not quite – like, or he just became a, a professional driver. He's gotten and, his license by now. Yeah. His, 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 his he's F1 trying to license. earn his, his way to, you know, becoming part of the circuit, but he kills this person and they go, well, you're not, we were, there's a petition. We don't want you. Uh, we don't want SIM drivers to be real drivers, you know, cause you're dangerous and you killed someone. And then it's his like motivation and inspiration for him to come back and, and win Le Mans or come in third place so he can earn his license and they'll drop the suit or whatever against him to prove that they're like real race car drivers. And you're like, okay. And then you read that that didn't happen that way. Because he won the 24 hours of Le Mans before. Came in third, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he came in third place before the accident in Which Germany. Which happened two years after yes so they take something which is a very real thing that happened where he really did kill a person which again an accident i understand like and he's very that. mournful and, 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 and i'm sure and in real life it's the exact same way it happens but to take that and then make it like fodder and inspiration for him in the movie to go to le mans and things like that and that's not actually what happened it's not like it's something that only happened to him. It happened to this real person. So you start to think about the family. And if you go, oh, you took this very real death of, of 
a person in our lives and then used it as a motivation in this movie, especially in a way that it didn't actually happen, it feels a little gross. So then that's where it kind of takes the movie down where, yeah, is it a totally fine sports movie that, you know, if you like these types of movies or, you know, I think most audiences do, um, will you enjoy it? Probably. But then I think you can't take away some of that stuff of, of looking and going, that's not super great. And that actually hurts the movie. And I think that's fair to say. Yeah. It's not guilt free at that point when it comes to you as a viewer, if you know that, or even after the fact, if you're doing just even the most basic of research and learning about the timeline, it kind of feels like this cheat and it's a, it's a moral conflict for the character and you get it from the, 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 the aspect of a screenwriting perspective of, okay, well, we need to end at a big moment, you know, a big hurrah kind of thing. But when it involves an actual fatality in somebody's life, that they, they never mention the person's name. They never mention yeah. the bystander's name. Um, and also they're, they're even kind of setting it up in the movie because throughout the film, uh, Archie Medequi, who plays uh, Ian, um, always seems to be very much a uh, concerned about other people you know whether it be some pompous driver who thinks he's better than than archie you know and 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 uh you know the yawn the character that he's playing or just even in simple situations he's always like oh is this person okay or is like you could have gotten yourself killed or gotten us killed like they're always kind of prompting him as to be like if you die in the game you die in real life yeah, to to kind of be considerate of other people, which is cool. I, I appreciate that. Um, but you you get to that point where you know it it does become more of a fabrication and this weird propaganda of you know okay, well this guy went the distance. He did the last Starfighter, Willy Wonka, the Wizard kind of thing, and it was a true story. And you know he's not just simply uh, a, a sim player. He's he's the real deal, and that's an interesting perspective to have, especially because it was a true story. But when you're fudging those lines, it's not just simply a tweak to make something more narratively palatable. I mean, it's also when you look at the screenwriters as well, Jason Hall is one of the writers on this movie. Jason Hall adapted uh, American Sniper, which also really fudged the end of that movie where the end credits say, oh, by the way, this propaganda movie about the military, pro-military, what Chris Kyle was killed by one of his own people because they were break- having a mental breakdown because of the military, but we're not going to show that in the film we'll just throw that in the text it's like that is so disgusting in so many ways and it just it has that same taste in your mouth where you're just kind of like oh it it doesn't work and and you know orlando bloom is awful is kind of this guy who spearheads the whole thing as a corporate cartoon (laughs) character but you know, it's like, okay, well, that's a part. I'm not looking for nuance in a Neil no, I know, camp directed I know. movie like this. Like, David Harbour's fine. He's kind of funny. I think David Harbour's in, in a fun uh, way, yeah. but he's he's not giving a great performance. Um, no. I, for this movie, I think he he's doing an okay job. Like, there is a good moment where they go back to the scene, of, which now in Now it's ruined. It's ruined, <laughs> but like, they go back to the crash. You want to be immortal? There's a really good speech by David Harbour, I think, like a good motivational kind of speech like that I thought was the turning point in the movie where I went, okay, 
I kind of liked that, like where everything else I was kind of just like thought there was some bad dialogue and thought that um, Orlando Bloom was awful, like hilariously bad to the point where I kept laughing at his like facial expressions or the way he was delivering lines. But, Great hair, though. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but there is that good moment with with Harbor. Um, but I think it's ruined based off of what you learn about how those you know events took place and things like that. And then it just it ends up just being kind of generic. And like, I think Blomkamp kind of gets in his own way with the direction and then in the style, like it's overly directed at times there's drone shots, there's CG when there doesn't need to be CG. There's like, uh, they try to make it, which I think maybe some people would think is cool is like, they make it look like the Gran Turismo video game, like with the, the augmented HUD. reality. Yeah. Like the HUD of everything of like what, what position you're in and the way that the cars are displayed. But if I saw another freeze frame that would say what place he was in, I was going to rip my hair out. And then it's like, as bad as free um, guy in a lot of ways. Yeah. With, with that and, stuff. and, and I just, I, it's really hammering home. Like this is a video game movie. And I'm like, I think a little bit of that would have been fine, but then let it be a racing movie. Like I don't, you're you're trying to make a racing movie and i know he learned from gran turismo but like adding in all that stuff and like even that one really awful sequence when he's driving at the end where it like removes the car and then rebuilds him back in his bedroom on gran turismo and that his dad is there and stuff like that i just like i i thought it was awful like it looked awful and was just like so much extra shit you didn't need like you just you could have stripped this down and like i'm very excited to see you know kaczynski's f1 movie with brad pitt but like i and i think that after doing top gun maverick like that'll be i'm know, just gonna do um, another tony scott like movie with yeah, days of thunder with days, yeah totally but like i'm 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 in uh and kaczynski was actually set to direct this movie back in 2015 so like i think that's kind of interesting that he he removed himself from this and he's doing the f1 movie now and uh but i never felt like i don't know like when they tried to make it look like a video game i felt that and not in a good way though right like that made the the racing sequences not that interesting to me so i don't know well even when you get the the tunnel vision aspects of it where you know you have the racers in the cars and they're driving and the world around them kind of melts away and it becomes almost like this weird sort of like out everything around them out of focus but you know their 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 vision is and their their eye line is still in focus or in hyper focus and Blomkamp you know, this is his first um, non-sci-fi real world narrative. And so that docudrama style almost weirdly plays more like a parody in the real world than it does in something like district nine, which is still his best film where you have the handheld stuff. You mentioned the drone camera um, sequences where it's whizzing around to show you how overwhelming the track is. That feels like it's something out of recently with like Michael Bay and ambulance where it's like, there are drone cameras. I can use these or um, all drones all the time. That's the all Russo, it is. Russo brothers with, with the gray, gray man. man. Yeah. And know. that's where it does become really obnoxious. And the director does get in their own way where it's like, I need to really amp this up in order to make it, you know, uh, palatable or, or, you know, sign my signature on it where it's like, you don't need that. You don't need to make it anything more than what it is. You, you you're just making, this abundance of over the top kind of stylized, you know, graphic 
elements that are just being all kind of forced in your face. And it's like, just strip that away, you know, just make it a simple racing movie about a kid who is always kind of passed over or someone that really has a dream and proves them wrong. You could reverse engineer this movie and it actually would kind of almost be very similar to, um, uh, hot rod in a lot of ways where the son's trying to prove the dad wrong the entire time that he's going to make something of himself. And I like Jamon Hansu a lot um, as the dad, he brings more conviction to the role than, than, than what's needed. Um, but there's just part of it where it's like, it's, it's, it's overdone. Like it's it, the, the food metaphor thing of like, you know, you want a burger, just a classic McDonald's burger. You don't need anything else. Just give me that big Mac and then you get it. And it has truffles on it and it has olive oil on it. And it's like, somebody just went to town on this thing. It's like it's the no. ending of the menu, but <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't need this. I just wanted a burger and yeah. It's that, but then on top of that, it, it has basically maggots on it because of what it did with the structuring of the timeline and, and how it fudges the truth. And um, you, you're just watching this thing and you're thinking to yourself, okay, yeah, Blomkamp is, is taking a very safe path in order to maybe reinvent himself or get another shot because – you know, after making District 9, Elysium, and Chappie, and then Demonic, he's kind of fallen out of favor with the Hollywood system. And I know that he's always been one of those guys that's wanted to attach himself to a Robocop or Aliens movie or a franchise Don't you film. you dare ask him about any of that, though. No, 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 because he'll say that he hates it. Or even Star Wars. Like, he probably would have been one of those guys that if the Star Wars sequels were being made or, or the spinoff like if Solo or Rogue One were being made around the time of District 9, he probably would have been hired for one of those movies. And yeah. so like now he's in that place where there's this weird sense of desperation in the filmmaking where it's like, I need to show you everything I can do in order to get my next movie or in order to keep, you know, good with, with the, the Sony people. And he's also, he's also an advertising guy. Like he comes from a marketing advertising commercial background. And so that's not surprising either, either, but it just kind of feels like you're watching not only a commercial, but it's like, look how clever we are. It's like, we took a video game movie that doesn't really have any characters or narratives and we made it work. And it's like, yeah, you did, but it's not really a video game movie. It just has a video game component to it. It's not adapting anything. Yeah. You put it more into those movies about video games rather than a video game adaptation, right? Yeah. It's still, I guess, a video game movie, but is it... (laughs) I don't know. I, I mean, Need so. for Speed is more, more of a, of a video game movie, movie than, than any. Again. What am I saying, Siri? What am I saying? <laughs> I know you can't say. But, um... but Need for Speed is more of a video game adaptation than Gran yeah. Turismo because at least that tried to do something with like an actual narrative that wasn't based on a true story or now again you're getting to that point where we're, we're getting this Need IP. For speeds off <laughs> it is terrible but we're getting all this ip now where it's like okay you know you're, you're seeing probably executives look at this and be like okay well maybe we can take other stories that are like this and incorporate our products so we can sell them at the same time as we're telling this you know altruistic kind of narrative of, of, you know, an underdog making his own way and, you know, surprising everybody and proving people wrong. So, yeah. Uh, It's totally okay. But then I think you got to look at some of the real world stuff, especially when they keep hammering home based on a true True story story. loosely. And I mean, you know, all of these, but then it should have said, it should say loosely based on a true story. Or it is. 
I guess they think it is very much based on a true story. But I always think that that stuff, like if you're going to do a true story, tell the true story. <laughs> like that's why people are out here is you're advertising it as a true story. Well, then it's not a true story anymore if you're rearranging pivotal moments of not only his life, but other people's lives and just making it to make a better or more generic sports movie. Um, I don't think that that's okay. So, you know, I would have given the movie probably like a three out of five. Like I think it's, it's, you know, totally serviceable in that kind of inspirational sports movie kind of thing, a movie you've seen a million times, but will work on a general audience. Like, and that's not me shit talking anyone. This is like, I, I say this frequently and I, I mean it as both like a compliment um, and not a compliment when I say like my dad will really enjoy this movie. Like I I'll tell him about some of the other stuff and he might already even know about the events, but maybe he forgets which order they were in. But like, this is very much a movie that I would suggest to my dad. And I mean that sincerely, but then I can also be critical and say like, it's not a great movie, but I understand my dad who doesn't really give a shit about movies he likes inspirational sports movies so like i would suggest it to him so i mean it both as like a compliment and an insult at the same time where i would have given the movie a three out of five i'm gonna give it a 2.5 out of five um because i really you know i think it bumps it down from being eh, it's fine it's so it's it's enjoyable or whatever to like a no it's not good because of rearranging elements in his life and the overdirection from Blomkamp and the bad dialogue and stuff like that. So I, I, you know, it's very close to being passable, but with all of that stuff, I'm just going to give the movie a 2.5 out of five. Yeah. I, I feel pretty much the same way. And even again, just some of the narrative choices, you know, you can forgive a movie in terms of shorthand when it comes to like, Oh, why David Harbour's character left his sort of, you know, cushy job because the people didn't respect racing or didn't take his advice. It's like, okay, well, it's probably a little bit more complicated than that. Or, you know, um, hearing that Jan listens to Kenny G or Enya before racing. It's like, okay, that's kind of a cool tidbit, but you don't need to like, um, you know, beat me over the head with it in order to tell me that It, it reminds me a little bit of like, a much better movie, but like Zodiac where you find out that the Mark Ruffalo cop likes eating animal crackers. It doesn't necessarily mean that he eats animal crackers every time he goes on to an investigation or something like that. It's just like, okay, well how can we give this person more um, traits or personality? No one uh, wants a Sony Walkman MP3. Player. Exactly. <laughs> Even that is like, it's like you get it because it's a Sony made movie, but at the same time, it's he'd like buy he's him in an Japan. An iPod, uh, iPod or, or at this point, yeah. they even changed the, the, timing of the movie where it seemed like it was more modern day like they were using the more updated Gran Turismo and stuff like that yeah because it was around like the early aughts right or like the mid to late early aughts when the story actually takes place so they did just two and a half as well yeah yeah it's it's yeah no Clint Eastwood end credit song, which takes <laughs> it down a half. Grand Turismo. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, we'll have a ton more reviews for you right here on Untitled Movie Reviews over the next little while. We'll have um, uh, Bottoms coming up, and then we have Tiff coming up very, very soon. So we'll have um, a ton of reviews, probably a little short bits from all those tiff movies spoiler free obviously and things like that but we'll have lots of uh reviews coming out of the film festival so keep it right here on untitled movie reviews we actually have a complete preview of the toronto film festival over on untitled movie podcast yes we're back 
yeah, I'm thinking we're back. Oh on, my God, um, we're back again. Uh, so go check that out over on that channel. You can find us on YouTube for both of those things and the one-stop shop for everything. Just over to, head over to Letterboxd, which is untitled underscore movies, and then follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias, whether it be whatever Twitter is now or what it will be. Who cares? It's a trash fire uh, at EM6211. And I will say before we go, I think, if anything, this movie accomplished one thing. For one weekend and one weekend only, I played a lot of Gran Turismo on PS5. So mission, mission accomplished. accomplished. Bye, everybody.